Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. Did you know you have a superpower? We're not talking about flying or reading minds, though those would be cool. Rather, you have the incredible ability to help young people see their own superpowers. Boys and Girls Clubs and Big Brothers Big Sisters of Edmonton and area, called BGC Bigs, needs you now. Over the past year, BGC Bigs heard from young people that having a mentor means they are less likely to have anxiety, feel isolated, or struggle with their mental health. But there are over 600 young people waiting for their mentor today. Explore how you can get involved and watch our community change one life at a time. There's currently a need for mentors in the Big Brothers Big Sisters or Big Siblings program in school for our Youth in Care program and for the new PRISM program supporting LGBTQ plus young people. There's also a need for virtual tutors who can support young people as they transition back to school and are dealing with the learning loss over the past two years. Join BGC Biggs for a virtual coffee or apply now at bgcbiggs.ca. First episode of 2022. Woo! We flipped over our calendars, everybody. Yeah. We did it. Though, I mean... It is entirely likely that you are listening to this in some far-flung part of the future. Possibly. Binging the whole book all at once. Who knows? Perhaps you came in on a later novel. Mm, you and, do you. And have uh, gone back to read this for the first time. Who knows? Mm, it's all good. The The very nature of our podcast is such that, well, we do definitely have some listeners who follow along with us reading the novel one chapter at a time as we release episodes. Mm-hmm, week by week. Uh, there are plenty of people who... Go back and binge. Yeah, save it all up, do it all in one shot. Or who have come in later and gone back to reread some of our earlier novels. So, I mean, we don't get huge numbers up front, but like some of our earliest episodes are still getting downloaded because people keep going back to to revisit them. Oh, so. that's nice. Yeah. Like I said, you do you. We are here at your listening pleasure and leisure. Indeed. The only rule is that you don't read ahead. <laughs> well, that's the only rule for us, is yeah. that we don't read ahead. I that's don't care fair. if the listeners read ahead. That's fair. You you might enjoy the dramatic irony of knowing what's going on and listening to us blunder our way through our... <laughs> Those fools. Irresponsible speculations, but... Don't they know the butler did it? It's so obvious now. We certainly won't yuck your yum when it comes to how you choose to enjoy our podcast. We just are grateful that you are enjoying it. Indeed. Indeed. So with that said, uh, back into a novel that we are certainly enjoying so far. Oh, yes. Uh, but first, a brief recap of our previous chapter, in which Jebby returns to the base after a night spent in illicit activities. <laughs> and uh, in an effort to deflect suspicion away from themselves, gets into a very sticky situation with their boss. Uh, mm, yes. A boss whom they are promptly expecting to betray. <laughs> and they begin setting a plan in motion by counterfeiting some keys. And that leads us into chapter 11 of Phoenix Extravagant by Yoon Ha Lee. So Vay slips out early the next morning to head out on their trip. But uh, Jebby wasn't sleeping anyway. And then Jebby promptly falls asleep. 
<laughs> and now oversleeps. Yeah, now yeah. that they're alone, they can actually sleep. After having had that restless night. What? Sorry. Restless night. I mean, they they did have a restless night because they were failing to sleep due to the anxiety. Yes. They amongst also had other a things. restless night in that there was little rest in it because they was there. Yeah. They are awoken by Mevum, one of their co-workers. They take a guilty bath. <laughs> pray, pray tell, what does a guilty bath look like? You know, when you're scrubbing out the <laughs> damn spot because of the guilt. Yeah. And you need to feel clean again. A guilty bath. Yeah, a guilty bath. I love it. Uh, and then they go have a quick breakfast to stop the hanger. And uh, today is paranoia day for Jebby. <laughs> Due to their guilt about their plan to betray the ministry and they personally, <laughs> they spend most of the day being hyper vigilant. Like, are those people talking about me? Are those guards watching me a little too closely? Do the walls have ears? <laughs> you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, paranoia day. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Jebby... Almost certainly is acting super suspiciously all Oh, guaranteed. Because Jebby is a terrible liar. Yeah. A terrible liar. We now, know this. This is actually made worse by Mevim's sudden over-friendliness. A person who literally has not even been mentioned in the text so far. Nope. This is a brand new name to me. Is all of a sudden like Jebby's best friend all day. And Jebby finally calls them out on this and is like, did Vey, did Vey put you up to this? And Mevim's like... Okay, yeah, but let's be fair. I make it a habit not to say no to someone who knows how to use a sword. So when Vey asked me to keep an eye on you, I said yes. And I'm going to do it because I'm terrified. Yeah, basically. And Jebby's a little put out because they don't feel like they need a minder, but at the same time, they kind of understand where Mevum is coming from. Okay, so I'm going to insert a question in here, and you can put a pin in it for later, or we can answer it right now. Sure. Did Vey... Send Mevim out of concern for Jebby's well-being or because she knows that someone needs to keep an eye on Jebby? We're going to put a pin in that. Okay. Mevim also makes mention at some point during the day that, uh, you know, Vey takes honor very, very seriously indeed. And you should be aware of that. And Jebby is like, is that a warning not to cheat on Vey? But Mevim might actually have been giving a different warning. We're well, gonna, I don't know. We're going to put that pin back in there again. Now, Jebby can't focus much on work because of the paranoia, and it actually takes most of the day for them to kind of get their head on straight enough that they can move forward with what they plan to do. Mm -hmm. And it's after dinner that Jebby finally sets to kind of the task at hand, and that's partly because eyes are a little bit off of Jebby at that point. People have kind of settled into the routine for the day. Most of them have moved on to personal projects because it's after dinner, so like the main work hours yeah, are done. Yeah, it's the, that little bit of me time. Yeah, and conveniently, right? one of the other uh, artists has started putting together like a body picture or something. <laughs> and so- That's drawing a lot of attention. It's drawn a lot of attention. So Jebby takes advantage of this to uh, put step two of their plan in motion, because step one was to counterfeit the keys yep. and swap them out for vase. And the second plan is to- basically create some more of the pigment used for the concealing magic and use it on their good luck charm in the hopes that maybe it will conceal them. Yes. They're not 100% certain this will work. It might just conceal the charm. And indeed, it very quickly does conceal the charm because Jebby almost loses it. Yeah. But when Jebby slips it back on, they make a great clatter and... It's almost like being willfully ignored. Yeah. People kind of like are momentarily aware something 
happened, but then they just kind of lose interest in it and go back to what they were doing. Yeah. And Jebby is able to slip out unnoticed. Even Mevim doesn't seem to uh, take note of Jebby's departure. It reminds me of the perception filter from Doctor Who. Yeah. But that's basically what we were discussing last week with the keys. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like you don't want to see it, so you don't look. Yeah. Right? Uh, Arazi also actually is like, ooh, you should get me a whole coat of paint of that. And then I could fly around invisible and cause mischief. And Jebby is just like, flat no. <laughs> Number I, one, I don't think there's enough paint. Number two, heck no. I love that Arazi's reaction to this, to, to like the concept, is childish delight at the ability to pull pranks. Yeah. Arazi is, of course, a pacifist. Yeah. I just... I think it's funny. It's part of the dichotomy that is Arazi, right? So speaking of Arazi, that is Jebby's next destination, intending to use this temporary invisibility to free Arazi and beat feet, basically. Yes. While while they and Hafandin are out of the building. Well, because Jebby has like a very narrow window of time, right? Well, it also doesn't know how long the obfuscation will work, basically. Exactly. So they need to act fast. They are pleased to note that they seem to avoid notice with the exception of the automata, which they get the impression are noting their passage. And Arazi kind of confirms this when Jebby finally arrives in the hangar bay mm-hmm. and is like, oh, I can kind of see you. Like, you look like smoke, but you're there. Yeah, you're there. And so that's kind of implying that the automata are probably seeing the same thing. They were noting something suspicious going by, but couldn't exactly tell what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. So a very nervous Jebby. Fumbles with the keys and begins trying to set about trying to unlock Arazi (laughs) from the shackles that are confining it. Makes enough of a clatter that it actually does attract a little bit of notice. Because one of the guards at one point is like, is is somebody in there? (laughs) Well, okay. All this chapter has done is solidify even more in my brain that Jebby does not have the fortitude to be a spy. No, Jebby is an artist. Yeah. They are a terrible liar. Mm -hmm. They are full of weird anxieties, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like about getting in trouble and being quiet and like absolutely cracks under pressure. So far at the very least. yeah. So far. Like they can't, they can't handle the keys. They clang to the ground. The one time where you should be like patient and quiet (laughs) and 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 they can't do it. And it doesn't help that Jebby's also rushing. Yeah. Because they're they're kind of in a panic. I know, but it's still possible to take care and rush at the same time, but not for Jebby. Not not in this moment. They are moment. so bad at this. Yeah, Jebby ultimately does drop the keys altogether, and Arazi clang, snatches, clang, 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 clang. snatches them up. But uh, not before Hafandin and Vey walk in with a unit of automaton. Yeah. And Hafandin's like, hey, yo, we know you're in there, so um, we can either do this the easy way we can do this the hard way. Which way do you want to do this? Jebby's like, oh, I am totally caught and tries to slip out like, unseen. Ah, run! <laughs> but of course, the automata can see a little hazy smoke cloud going by and one of them just goes, whoop, on the head and down goes Jebby. Yeah, which I think is probably the easy way. <laughs> that might have actually been the easy <laughs> Render way. Jebby unconscious. Everything's fine. Yeah. No more problem. And that is the end of chapter 11. Next up, chapter 12. Yeah. So- not a lot of action in this particular chapter. Things go by pretty quick. Yeah, mostly a lot of Jebby being very paranoid. Yeah. Um, but there is lots to consider here because Hafandin's arrival at that moment is sus. 
Super sus. Because that means one of two things, and I'm going to posit them both here for you. Number one, Hafandon and Vey actually left, got a little ways away, upon which time Vey noticed the problem with the keys. The obfuscation spell wore off faster than expected. Vey recognized that the keys had been tampered with, and they turned around and came back. And Vey obviously would have known that there's only one person who could have done it. Yeah. Number two, they never left at all. Right. Which implies that they were suspicious of Jebby from the moment Jebby got back from the meeting with Bong Sunga. Meaning either they were aware of the meeting with Bong Sunga or were suspicious altogether. And manufactured a scenario in which they would not be around and Jebby might try to do something. It's called it's called laying a trap. That's, that's what exactly I'm, what happened, yeah. That that's the other option. So either they Jebby's plan was going off and then the hitch was that it failed. Or the plan never got off the ground because it was a trap all along. You're right. No, I, I 100% agree with that. There are lots of things that could have set off uh, Hufandon and Vey. Mm-hmm. A, a number of things could have gone wrong that caused them to leave and turn around. Yeah. Or or not even get to leave in the first place. Go, wait a minute, there's something up. Yeah, something is clearly amiss. Or it's entirely possible that it was a trap laid out way in advance. And my suspicion is that maybe it was indeed a trap. At least that's my stronger suspicion, is that it was a trap all along. And I'm going to posit two things that go into that trap. Number one, the servant who slipped Jebby the note that Hefandin and they were going to be leaving in two days yep. wasn't in fact one of Bongsunga's people. Makes sense. And number two, that Mevim was specifically tasked with watching Jebby to see if Jebby did anything and to report back if Jebby disappeared or something. Yeah. And when Jebby vanished from the workroom, Mevim immediately was like radioing up, hey, Jebby's <laughs> gone missing. And they made the move to go and check out Arazi, suspecting mm-hmm. that it was something to do with Arazi. It could be any they, of Because they had already noted that there was something up with the new mask. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I suspect it was a trap all along. It could be. Or, again, because Jebby's a terrible spy, <laughs> too many things went wrong, and they turned around and went, okay, there's something up, we need to catch things before they go bad. And they walked They walked right in on Jebby, who was caught almost literally red-handed. I mean, for all we know... The timing... The automata were like, uh, there's a weird cloud of smoke moving around, something's wrong. But that would still require them to have the time to come back. The fact that they were right on the scene immediately, catching Jebby red-handed, implies to me that they never left at all. And if they never left at all, that's because they were suspicious right from jump. So I I do believe they manufactured a situation in which Jebby might try to do something if Jebby was up to something as a sort of loyalty test. Yeah, it's possible. And I suspect it might stem all the way back from Jebby ducking Zakan. They didn't believe that Jebby ducked Zakan completely... Innocently? Innocently. Well, as I pointed out last chapter, how did they not know that Jebby had contact with their sister? And obviously they might have. And they might have. Yeah. Right? It might have tipped them off. One way or the other, Jebby has played themselves at this juncture and are now in a pickle. Mm. But on the other hand, they have effectively freed Arazi. Because Jebby is taken into custody, but Arazi gets its hands on the keys before Jebby is taken into custody. And Arazi could conceivably free itself and is a massive weapon of mass destruction. Big old, well, big old dragon. Big old pacifist dragon. Yeah, but still, probably more than capable of busting out on its own. 
Possibly. And taking Jebby with it. We don't know what happens to Arazi because our POV is Jebby, who is rendered unconscious. So all we know is that Arazi is unshackled two out of four shackles. Yep. Right? And did have access to keys. Yes. That's as far as that goes, for that we know for sure. All I'm saying is that there is a potential salvation here for Jebby. Quite possibly. Yes. Yeah. Can we go back to my pin? Oh, yeah, for sure. At what point... Do you think Vey is in on this? Was did did Vey send Mevem out of concern for Jebby's well being because Jebby has recently been sick? Is mm-hmm. is Vey like concerned as a as a lover slash partner? Or <laughs> was it keep an eye on this one? I don't trust them. Uh it depends on whether or not it was a trap. Yeah. If Vey left in good faith recognized that something was up and she and Hefandon turned around and returned, it was probably meant as a uh, as a good gesture. Yeah. If this was a trap all along, then Mevim was being sent as a minder to keep an eye on Jebby because Vey and Hefandon were suspicious. Yeah. I'm really curious to see how this plays out. My, I'm again, wondering how, I think what I'm wondering is how betrayed will Vey be? The thing that makes me lean hard on it was a trap all along is the timing. They showed up right in the nick of time to catch Jebby red-handed and knew that it was Jebby who was doing it. And that just, to me, smacks of, oh, they manufactured a situation to catch Jebby out. I could be wrong. It's just the timing of it is so precise and so specific. Yeah. I don't know. In my head, I give it 50-50. Eh, fair enough. 50-50 odds, because the way I see it, it's just as likely that uh, all of these little red flags started going up in time for, the, for the, the pair of them to go, wait a minute, no, no, too many things are wrong, let's go back. And they arrive in the nick of time, right? Also possible. And I mean, the automata that they're with could have been to capture Jebby specifically or could have been an honor guard for Hafandon's journey, right? Hard Absolutely. To say. So, based on how this chapter ends, I've read enough books. <laughs> My guess is, as opposed to waking up dead tomorrow, because I don't think they I don't think they're gonna kill Jebby with half a book left for Probably us to read. Not. I'm guessing waking up in a room possibly tied to a chair. Uh, this y- is the tied to a chair part. Well, to be fair, yeah. Like they're not going to kill Jebby outright, or they would have already. Yeah. They're Clearly looking to find out what's going on. Yeah. Clearly waking up in some sort of holding room cell, something possibly tied to a chair. Or just locked in their room. I suppose they could be locked in their room. I don't... If I caught someone in red-handed, in the act of sabotage, and possibly theft? No, outright theft. On, on the Jebby extreme... Jebby stole the keys. And on the extreme end, treason... A hundred percent true. I don't know if I would want to lock that person in their own room surrounded by their own things. Fair. You would want some manner of holding cell. Empty room with a lock on it, at the least. Hmm. It depends on the culture, too, though, right? I suppose. Because there are some cultures in which uh, a prisoner of higher station would be kept in, uh, in a gilded cage, would be given comforts. As befitting their station. But Jebby is not that person. I was going to say, yes, way. maybe, but look at who we're dealing with yeah, here. Jebby is not necessarily that person. So. Yeah. Also, uh, the nature of the crime is not so much a 
oh, you're in trouble, go to your room trouble, so much as a, oh, we might have to kill you for this kind of trouble. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm curious to see how the next chapter opens. Yeah. We'll also have to see if Vey does indeed. Oh, that's like, going to be a conversation. Like Jebby more than she likes her precious honor. Mm, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll maybe find out as we move into chapter 12, which you'll want to read up on in time for next week. Uh, In the meantime, here in Edmonton, the Edmonton Community Foundation uh, is an organization that does help regular people create endowment funds to support different uh, public initiatives that they might be interested in. And they have a podcast that talks all about it. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Onkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out the wellendowedpodcast.com. Well Endowed Podcast. Woo! Heard about it here first. And repeated. (laughs) And repeatedly. I was going to say many times over. One of our more frequent ads, actually. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't mind promoting something that's good. Yeah. Um, You can find out more about the ECF and the Well Endowed Podcast and all the other sponsors of the network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. You can also check out all the different member podcasts. There are a lot of great ones. Always some new ones coming in. You should uh, definitely check them out. Find something you like and download it on your podcatcher of choice. Yes. That's probably where you're catching our pod. What? Madness. Should give us a little rating and a review. <laughs> yes, please. In, in your that. madness, give us a positive review. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can also reach out to us via social media. Yes, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads, because we're bookish that way. Yeah, we're at The Read Along at most of those. You can also send us an email. Yes, we are thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>